What is the Feature Length Podcast? Anyone? Uh, the Feature Length Podcast is a show where three idiots talk about film and entertainment. Good answer! Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> hey, are you talking to us? Yeah! <laughs> I'm talking to the voices in my head. <laughs> like, I truly, I truly don't know. It felt like a fever dream. I swear to God, I could not It sounds so stupid hearing that. <laughs> If you're listening to this, this is a podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast. Welcome back to the Feature Length Podcast, a podcast where we talk about movies and TV for a feature length of time. There was once a young man named Bo Burnham who was one of the earliest viral creators on YouTube. Bo was from an era now commonly referred to as old YouTube. The platform had not yet grown into the monolith that it has since become. In these days, creators participated in sharing their talent and casting out their nets for whoever would discover their content. It would seem the platform's primary function was to act as a collaborative showcase for countless aspiring artists to publish their passion projects, which varied in type, genre, and intent. Personally, I also get the sense that YouTube was supposed to be a stepping stone for these artists to one day move forward and transform their hobbies into jobs elsewhere. In the current era of YouTube, it is not uncommon for YouTube to be a job in and of itself if a creator shows persistence, determination, and relatability. But Bo Burnham was one of those few content creators on the platform to break free from the social media cocoon and evolve into a skilled, bona fide member of the entertainment industry. Bo is arguably the ideal figure in YouTube lore to study when searching for one's endgame on the platform. He has become an exceptional performer with refined talent. Since his days as a content creator on the internet, Bo has established himself as a successful singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, stand-up comedian, actor, screenwriter, and film director, among other things, which is an impressive resume even before considering his humble beginnings. Bo is most well-known for his career in comedy, but in 2018, we saw his debut as a writer-director on the Golden Globe-nominated film Eighth Grade. He has also acted in multiple projects, the biggest being 2017's dramedy The Big Sick, and 2020's drama thriller Promising Young Woman. Dialing back to his start in the stand-up industry, Bo released his first special from his tour Words, Words, Words in 2010, which mostly consisted of a lineup of more refined performances of songs he had published on his YouTube channel. In 2013, he released his next tour special called What? The special Make Happy was released in 2016, and in 2021, Bo released his latest work titled Inside. Inside was his first special not to be filmed on tour in front of an audience, and will be written, directed, filmed, and edited by himself entirely. Whether intentionally or not, What, Make Happy, and Inside form a particularly cohesive trilogy of specials, and will be the focus of this episode's discussion. The first sees young adult Bo using his meek upbringing to project himself as a comedic scapegoat, who has years of experience being in front of a camera. The second tackles themes pertaining to the dangers of today's prosumer and performance-centric reality. And the third raises questions about the always-on lifestyle, codependency, and one's social battery. Also asking if anyone really deserves to share their opinions on anything and everything, he said as the host of a podcast started by three friends who were bored during a pandemic. All three specials consist largely of musical performances and intermittent bits. Bo Burnham's style of stand-up comedy has revolutionized the industry, boasting a level of deliberate, scripted performance not commonly seen in stage comedy. And Inside definitely shows off some of Bo's acquired filmmaking skills from his work in the industry. 
witty and purposeful material fills every minute of a Bo Burnham comedy special. This episode of the Feature Length Podcast marks our first time discussing a series that is neither film nor television, so let's get into it. We're your hosts, Marco, Carolina, and Daniel. Welcome to the show. Hello! Back for another episode. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. Good to be here, good to be here. How's everyone doing? <laughs> doing as good as Bo Burnham. <laughs> Just poor. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> We should also note that uh, Carolina is back in Ottawa, yeah. so we've returned to a Zoom call, <laughs> which is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. At least Dan and I are in the same room. Yeah. Right? Good to be in Ottawa. Sad to not be with you guys, but this is the way the world works, so. Yeah. She'll be back. Eventually. <laughs> is that a threat? <laughs> <laughs> She'll be back. She'll be back for another six-hour-long episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's best that we don't record in person yeah. ever again. <laughs> I mean, although we recorded Cats in person, that was one of our shortest episodes ever. Yeah, it's true. We had like our longest. Lord of the Rings was shorter, I think. Jesus Christ. Really? See, that's so bad. That's embarrassing. It's so bad. It's so bad. It was shorter than Cats. I just love it about the one hour mark of Cats. And I was like, how how long have we been recording? Yeah, can we please? Like, is there anything else to say? Um, Okay, anyway. This week, talking about Bo Burnham. Finally, I've been excited for this one. Yeah, should we talk about our histories? Yeah, so let me just quickly mention, because I didn't in the intro. I guess Marco is technically the newcomer in this scenario, because he's seen Inside previously, but this is your first time seeing the other two. Correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. So why don't we start with you? Okay. What are your general thoughts? Both of you guys have seen all the specials? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Here are my general thoughts, guys. First of all, I think Inside is still the best one out of all three, which... Probably Duh. is not saying yeah. much. Obviously, <laughs> I agree for the was, record. Yeah, it was a huge <laughs> deal when it happened. Took the world by storm, even more so than his other specials. And uh, I just think it also is like the most interesting and also like the best use of his talent. I feel like, which I will come back to uh, in a second. So, um, what's the second special? The one from twenty sixteen. Make happy. Make happy. I think make happy is really solid. I think it's like the best you could do in terms of like a live performance of something of the style of inside and so i guess i can talk about that now which is i always have trouble sometimes in terms of like when a performer traditionally does one thing and then tries to do another so for example there's lots of youtubers i watch that do like very produced and edited content and then when they try to do live content i'm always kind of like this is weird and i don't like this and then on the under other end of that there are people who only do live content and when they do more edited content i'm like this isn't what i'm here for um personally i think bo's best work is the more like produced edited content and he does manage to infuse a lot of that into his live shows anyway which we'll talk about some of the jokes that play on the tropes of stand-up comedy which are my favorite parts of those shows um but yeah i think it like uh make happy is kind of as close to inside as you could get for a live show but i just don't love the format of a live show for his style of comedy in general but that's not saying it's bad I think what this is the one that's gonna be uh, <laughs> controversial was very hard for me to get through. Really, I okay. and and I don't know if it's a combination of and not to shit on him because he's obviously very talented, but maybe just you know it came out in 2013, which at this point is already almost like 10 years ago, um, and also he was younger at the time. He was like 22, pretty fresh off of like YouTube stuff. I just feel like. 
his style didn't translate as well there as it does then three years later with Make Happy. I feel like Make Happy is really refined and tight and like he figured out how he can play with the tropes and make it all work. But yeah, what was like really hard for me to watch as someone who's never seen it before and like had no connection to Bo. Just like going back and watching it, I was like, I, like I didn't really like laugh that much. Like there were like some funny parts, but like Make Happy and Inside have like genuine laugh out loud moments and what I was just kind of like, huh. Nice. Good joke, Bo. Interesting. So I'm, that I'm, was my take. I'm liking this. Like this, That was a super fresh take. Because honestly, I have a lot of friends who say that one's like one of their favorites by him. That's fascinating to me. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what are your guys' thoughts? Carol, do you want okay. to go next? Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess we're doing yeah experience and a bit of general sure, thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I have watched all three specials before i had watched what and make happy before inside um because i went through a period of time in which i discovered like stand-up comedy which like sounds dumb because it's everywhere put a pin in that i would love to come back to that for another reason okay (laughs) (laughs) so at one point in my life i discovered the thing that is stand-up comedy um so i picked a few you know choice comedians whose names I had heard before and watched whatever specials they had on Netflix. Um, not gonna lie, under the influence of nice. a drug. Um, <laughs> so okay. I was just like... That drug is comedy. Yes, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, so I watched them and also like like you, Marco, I don't remember like really having strong thoughts about either of them because also in my discovery of stand-up comedy I watched like Ali Wong and John Mulaney yeah. and like... Um, uh, working it out with Mike Birbiglia. Sorry, that's the name mm-hmm. of his podcast. I couldn't remember his name for yeah. some reason until I said his podcast name. Um, but yeah, so I was watching like specials by them, and no offense, like I liked all of those better. Like in yeah. terms of stand-up comedians, I think they're all better than Bo Burnham. Not gonna lie, Bo Burnham, I think is we'll get to it. I'm obsessed with him. He's like an artist and is so amazing and so prolific and talented in so many other ways. I just don't think it's stand-up comedy. Um, hot take at the beginning Um, but yeah so I watched the specials a long time ago didn't really like stand out to me they were like fine I think it's like one of those things where if I watched them when it came out I might have liked it more because like Mm -hmm. you know it was 10 years ago and like he was young and like the time in comedy was kind of those dumb like penis jokes (laughs) so like maybe then I would have laughed more but like because I watched them I don't know a hand, like less than five years ago maybe like two or three I like it was a little bit too I guess like grade school jokey to me for both of them although I definitely do agree that like you could see his growth even between what and make happy like that was very clear like mm-hmm. obviously just like aging and like going with the times as as the world works um but yeah so then I watched Inside. (laughs) Always is. Um, But (laughs) so then I watched Inside, not because like I watched his old specials, but simply because like one of my really good friends like posted about it on her Instagram and was like, this was really good and made me feel a lot of feelings. And like, you know me, I love to feel a lot of feelings. So I was like, Mm. I will give it a shot. And like the idea of a special filmed all inside during the pandemic intrigued me. Like I knew that like, you know, this kind of art was coming at some point like we're all waiting for all of like the books and novels and movies like about this last fucking year and a half but (laughs) whatever um so i watched it and um i felt very seen uh i it was very emotional for me 
I thought about it every minute of every day for probably the next month. I watched it again less than a week later. I li- as soon as the songs came out on Spotify, I listened to them on repeat and annoyed the shit out of all my friends. <laughs> I became obsessed with Bo Burnham as a human. I was like watching interviews of his. Oh, also, I wanted to watch Inside because I also had just seen him in Promising Young Woman, which shouldn't have mm. made me want to watch something by him. Right. Um, but, you know. I still respected him as an actor, and then I was like, I'm interested. And I watched Eighth Grade and loved it, so you know, I knew he has talent. So yeah, I watched it and loved it, um, and so obviously I was super down to watch it again for this because I'm obsessed. And like, I rewatched the other two specials and kind of felt the same, um, but I did chuckle a bit more because I didn't watch them under the influence of anything, so I was able to like pay attention, I guess, more. And so like, I understood and appreciated like the similar themes he carried through. But yeah, that's my experience and thoughts. So I discovered him in 2016 when Make Happy came out. Uh, well, I, whoops, I guess that's uh, technically not true because like he had a he had a Vine presence that I didn't mm. mention either. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he was like he was pretty well known on Vine because he was like you know he's a social media guy. Yeah. So I guess technically that that was like my first experience of seeing like his quote unquote material like his <laughs> yeah. Vine yeah, yeah, yeah. Work. Um, but then he was also on Vine promoting his special What, mm-hmm. which I hadn't seen until uh, Make Happy came out, and then I retroactively went back and watched them in order. And then this year, when Inside, when he announced Inside was coming out, I got super excited because um, that was completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So generally, I think I mean I agree with both of you in that What is my least favorite for sure, and for a time after Inside came out. Because it's, we should definitely note Inside is obviously the most different. Yes. Yeah. I, it's it's a comedy special. That it, like obviously it's not in front of an audience. It's it's like extremely edited, um, but it it is still like we call it a comedy special. Yeah. But for a time after Inside came out, I think Make Happy was still my favorite because I had that in mind of like just not really like better but different, and Make Happy for me was such like considering it was a live performance it was such a feat i think in my mind but now i agree also that like inside is generally my favorite work of his like comedy stuff mm-hmm. um but i also like i definitely agree with what you said about make happy pretty much being like a more put together version of his previous comedy stuff and i haven't seen words 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 by the way yeah. it's not uh it's streaming somewhere, I can't remember, but it's not on Netflix like the rest of his specials are. And like I said in the intro, it's mostly just like him performing his YouTube stuff, which I yeah. wasn't really interested in because like like you were saying with what, that felt very YouTube. Yeah. And for the record, I do think it's like, I still think it's pretty funny and I like that stuff, but I don't know if I would be interested in, for example, words, 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 the special, because like if what is already kind of on that fringe, words, 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 is going back even further. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really have any interest in like checking that stuff out. And I have like skimmed through his YouTube channel just for fun because like it's fun to see where he came mm. from and stuff. And it's uh, all the songs that you'd see in there are like still on his YouTube channel. So, um, but yeah, generally, like like we said, I think even in the last episode when we were announcing this episode, these specials make a nice like trilogy in the sense that you can really see his growth as like a character I guess even Mm -hmm. though he's a real person but 
his onstage persona is definitely a character. Yeah, yeah. Like a, he said a caricature. So. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And I also love, this is just like a minor thing, but it's cool to see going from like special to special how the venue gets bigger, which like directly... <laughs> well, then smaller. Or, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it, so the first one is very small. Make Happy is a, like quite a big venue stage. And then, yeah, in inside, it's like obviously it's the complete opposite yeah. thing. But I like... My point is that the venue changes according to his like attitude towards uh, like the performance centric right. things that he's retaliating against in right. his act. Yeah. So, and I'm like, I, it's not really, you can't call that intentional because his venue just grew as his popularity yeah. <laughs> grew, but it, it mirrors it quite nicely, I think. So, yeah, I think it, it, this stuff for me, like we're talking about that, I think works best in like his later stuff and what i think i bumped on a little bit and what is just that what like you said still has a little bit of this is what i do on youtube but i'm kind of doing it on stage and it's like more elevated for sure it's not just that like there isn't an added layer but make happy is where there's really that thing of like oh i get what regular stand-up comedy is and i'm like intentionally fucking with that in some parts like i'm even thinking about like my favorite joke is the continuity error oh. joke? Oh, I, I knew you would like. <laughs> yeah, that. when he's like, yeah, when he like talks about a continuity error, and then the next cut, he just doesn't have a sweater on anymore, yeah. which is like, and then he is like that the rest of the show, like uh-huh. it never yeah. jumps back. Which I just think again, like that's the type of stuff that I really respond to about his work. Um, I always wonder in the live performance what his excuse for taking off the sweater was. Me too. Oh, I read or, that or apparently the... he just told the audience like, "This isn't for you. Don't worry about it." <laughs> that's like... hilarious. Oh. Like the continuity joke? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, listen, I'm going to say this joke. Like, ignore it. Like, it's fine. Like, it's, <laughs> it isn't That's for cool. you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that, that also makes me wonder, because even in What, there's a similar joke where he's like, I have a joke about video editors. Yeah. Video editors are he so He said the fun. same thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That yeah. is my favorite joke to all of what. And that is the one that when I saw that, I was like, okay, that's like the Bo Burnham that I respond to. Because yeah. that one, yeah, really made me laugh. Where you, yeah, you just, it cuts away. <laughs> that one's a really good one. Um, yeah, but yeah, like we talked about, we should also uh, just mention too, like, however funny he is, and he is funny, he's also very good at like writing musically, yeah. Oh, yeah. entertaining to listen to, and also funny songs. And I should say, I generally hate Okay, so Carol, I said we're going to put a pin in this and we'll come back to yeah. it, but I, like you, just one day discovered stand-up comedy. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't know what it was. It was like, I think I was probably in high school and like over the Christmas holidays in high school, for some reason on like cable TV, they would just have like constant comedy specials. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Or on like New Year's Eve, there would be like a marathon of comedy specials. So, really? That's yeah. random. So like that's how I kind of discovered it. And then like I... I found my my people from there like you said like john mulaney i also like john mulaney problematic right now but (laughs) well he's not like for god's sakes man he divorced his wife and is now dating olivia munn like i don't know what people need to relax the timeline might have overlapped a bit there is the issue people gotta relax people have too much time on their hands this is the first time hearing and he also explicitly said he never wanted children and now is having a baby with olivia munn like the second he divorced his wife you know what that you know people change their minds but here here, yeah, neither here nor there. We'll see what happens. But like, yeah, this is the Jocelyn podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, it's also not the Bo Burnham podcast. This just one episode. Of yeah, but. true. I could um, do a Bo Burnham podcast. Yeah. Just talking about inside though. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's the one with the the most the most analyzed. But yeah, like um, having discovered 
stand-up comedy much in the same way and then like falling in love with like certain performers and kind of what the form generally is um and then people mess with that um yeah it, it's entertaining to see Bo like take that and then do his own thing with it as opposed to I think what his earlier stuff was which is sort of trying to like fit his stuff into stand-up comedy but like kind of fuck with it but I think like his later stuff really is just like I don't fucking care and I'm just gonna like make this work for whatever my sense of humor is which um is good and yeah oh and the the point I was driving at was I generally when watching a comedy special or something if someone like shows up with like a musical instrument I'm like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> like I don't I it's never funny like it's never funny to me I'm always like this is so lame but like Bo is really good at that. Like yeah. he's the only one that genuinely <laughs> makes me laugh. Like using music in yeah. For me, I mean, just speaking for myself, you said like typically when a stand-up comedian brings out an instrument, you get disappointed. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, it's like the complete opposite. When really? You, when, no, no, no. Like when Bo goes to like oh, the piano. Yes. I get excited. Exactly. When yeah. Bo does it, it's like the most hype yeah. moment. No, yeah, I yeah, completely yeah. agree. When like just a normal like <laughs> yeah, stand-up like guy. Shitty stand-up. Well, sometimes yeah. they'll do it for like one song ever and you can tell that they like learned to play the guitar just for this one bit type thing yeah. and like it's very obvious that Bo like is a musician and like is talented and like understands like music theory and how to like write a good song yeah. and like obviously even that improves over time and like with age and like yeah that's like obviously the redeeming quality probably like if it there wasn't music in it in his earlier two specials I don't know if I would have watched them just because, like, I don't think it is my humor, but also mm -hmm. I am a musical theater nerd, so, like, he still got me with, like, the piano, but I think if that wasn't there, I genuinely probably wouldn't have liked what maybe make happy, like, a little bit, but, I yeah, I can't imagine, like, watching either of them if there wasn't music or, yeah. like, liking Bo Burnham at all. I still think the best parts of Make Happy are the music part. I mean, outside of the sweater, which is hilarious. Yeah. But, like, everything else, I still think the best parts are the music parts. Like, the the country music song, which I is just, that. like... That's my favorite one, most, one from yeah. that special. It's one of the most brilliant, just, like, bits. Because it's so... It, and, like you said, pointing, like, him actually understanding music. Yeah. Like, it really does, like, feel like an actual modern, stupid right? country music song. Like, it's so good, the way he makes fun of that. Yeah. And I also think, just while we're talking about the music... It, I definitely think it improves special to special. Yeah. And not only the music, but also, like, his singing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, in Inside, it's, like, the best it's ever been. I, I mean, I think he also, like, probably got really good at, like, editing and auto-tune as well. Like, I, he has a great voice. Oh, yeah. But, like, he also definitely... And he does employ that... Yeah. He, he employs effects a lot, yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, purposefully, like, there's a reason. But, uh, I yeah, generally, his, his acapella is, like, pretty, deep, pretty good, too. Like, especially once we get to Inside. Yeah. I think yeah. it's definitely weakest in what... Yeah, I mean, obviously it comes through, but um, yeah, I mean, I also agree with you that like I think my favorite part of each special is the musical stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's I think why Inside is my favorite because it. Well, we should also mention it's the longest. Yeah, but I think it has the greatest percentage of music, like the mm -hmm. album of just the songs is like almost an hour in and of itself, which is the length of the other two specials. Like they're each an hour long. Um, oh, and by the way, I'm with you, Carol. Yeah. I've listened to the album <laughs> yeah. so many times. I genuinely think um, it's going to be in like my top five on Spotify <laughs> at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, it's definitely going to be in mine. It's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, but I, I don't really. think so. You guys are like, I listened to it a bunch too. And really? also like, it was everywhere on the, like it was, yeah, you, I could not TikTok. open TikTok without <laughs> hearing like 10 Bo Burnham songs. See, but I thought um, that would make me hate it over time and I didn't. No, so kudos to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so good. It was so good. I mean, yeah, there's so many good 
music and then like i mean there are like certain clips and stuff that are still circulating from his old specials too um yeah. like the if you like smoking weed say hell yeah like that's <laughs> still over to, which by the way is fucking hilarious you want to talk about that just like hilarious opening. moments yeah that was an that was such a funny opening what's um, your favorite okay so we're gonna i have a point about bringing up at like towards the end what your favorite um song slash bit from each special is i but knew right you now, would ask so i went back and course, wrote it I down <laughs> yeah um, but just for right now like if you guys had to pick a favorite opening, because he's like pretty good with openings from the three specials, which one do you think opens the best? So maybe controversially, but I think Make Happy has the best opening. Mm, Not that watching the, Arrested like, Development with the clown makeup. Oh, are you talking about that opening? Or are you talking about like, I mean, like him on stage first, like, opening? Yeah. I mean, it could be like a mixture of just how it starts in general. Like it could be that plus the following song, whatever you want to okay. think about it. But. Well, for me, when I think about like the first song, I think like. I think make happy. I think that that song is just fucking hilarious. The even it literally just the if you like smoking weed say hell yeah part, like that just kills me every time. Um, but yeah, I, I love that whole opening. I think it really like especially coming after having watched what and being like, oh no, what if I don't like these specials? <laughs> and then when I watched it, I was like, no, this is funny. Like this, I was like, okay, this but you is had way seen closer. Inside before watching what and make happy, right? Yes. Okay. So like, but that so was my thing. So you knew you liked that. I knew I liked that, but that was my whole thing about like maybe he just doesn't translate to mm. live performance gotcha. as well as like edited stuff. Because I was yeah. like, I really love that, but maybe I'm just not gonna vibe with his live stuff. But that first song and what happy really kind of put me at ease, and I was like, what happy, <laughs> what happy, <laughs> and make. Yeah, what happy and make. Um, that that song put me uh, at ease. That I was like, okay, I'm gonna enjoy this. So I think that's probably my favorite opening. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. All of my favorite stuff is going to be from inside. But I do have to note that I was super impressed with the beginning of what, because it is all like voiceover. And so like the choreography that has to go with that on his end is very impressive. And like, even though obviously it wasn't my favorite special, um, that was still pretty cool to watch. And I also did like the call and response song. But yeah, um, my first note, from inside and actually fun fact i did the reverse this time i watched what and make happy sober and then i watched inside high because mm. i had never done that before so i have like quadruple the notes are inside um but the first note i made was this is perfect <laughs> so i'm gonna have to give it to inside with with specifically the song like content the second he like looks up at the disco ball and the lights start shining and then when he says, Daddy made you some content open wide, I'm all in. It's over you for know, me. That is fucking hilarious. Actually, when they were announcing awards at the Emmys, they were showed a clip because he was nominated for a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, but yeah. they showed a clip from content and they cut it off right before Daddy made you some content open uh, wide. And I, uh, sc I screamed. I was watching with Rachel. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but yeah, so um, that one wins. I know. Fair. Okay. Well, I... I have to agree. I think Inside is my favorite, but with a stipulation that I'm including content and the following song, Comedy, because I cannot get that song out of my head. No. I think that is my favorite opening of his, where he's talking about, like, am I a hero for being a comedian? Like, fuck <laughs> Which no, he I'm touches not. on in, I think, Make Happy, or the one before. But, like, it's interesting that he talks about almost the exact same stuff in all three, and then just kind yeah, of seems to elaborate Yeah, definitely consistent themes. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys um, have a favorite not singing moment from each in what my favorite non-song bit would probably be oh fuck you know what i don't know if i can go first 
I can go for <laughs> you. Yeah. Okay, why don't you go first? Well, we already talked So in what? It's the video editor one. Oh, yeah. yeah. In uh, Make Happy, I, I think it's probably the continuity error one. That's what's coming to mind right now. I'm trying to think if there's maybe anything else in there that also made me laugh really hard. But I know for sure in Inside, it's the... Can anyone just shut the fuck up about anything for like 10 seconds or whatever? That one, like, I genuinely had to pause because I was laughing so hard when I saw that the first time. I was like, okay, I have answers, so I can go next. Um, In what, although, like, it kind of got musical, but I really liked when he knocked the water over, like, very simple. And then he's like, I did that on purpose. I got you. That got me. That was actually very funny. And then he, like, did it again later on. I don't remember with what. I think like the oh, music it's started on they, accident. The track or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So that genuinely very funny. Um, and in Make Happy, oh, I had something, but I lost it. I'll get back to it. But in Inside, I think no. Actually, I only had an answer for what. I need to look through my notes for the other two. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I'll say my what one while you're looking because I think I decided. In what I think my favorite non-musical bit is. When he's telling the uh, the frog story, <laughs> and he gets to he's describing the characters, and he gets to Roger. He's like, and then there was Roger who was arrested for possession of tadpole porn, <laughs> <laughs> and then that comes back later when they see a beautiful frog, and Roger's like, bit old for my taste, classic <laughs> Roger. <laughs> that always gets me. <laughs> the classic Roger part. I mean, even in Make Happy, like when he's he walks out on stage and there's a guy singing or sitting in on the stool and everyone assumes it's him and then like he walks out on stage and the other guy just walks out and it wasn't yeah. him like that alone is like a little hilarious yeah like, it's a funny there's thing. no reason for that but he's just like yeah it'll be funny they'll think it's me and then it won't be <laughs> <laughs> oh i know i make happy one okay it's it's really like minor but it's when he's like critiquing like normal stand-up comedians and he's like you you want a realistic stand-up comedian? Go see the rest of them. This thing actually happened. Cool. <laughs> it's just like a super smug. I don't know. It's just like a really minor thing, but I love his like facial expression. Yeah. Oh, another honorable mention while you're thinking, Carol, mm-hmm. is when he's like, he's like, we just played in Alabama. They just like the lights. I don't need to make jokes, dude. That was my yeah. That was motherfuckers got moving candles. <laughs> That killed me. Yeah. And then immediately after, he's like, actually, they were very nice. You guys are just elitist. You're elitist pricks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what another great one is? At one point in that special, in Make Happy, he, like, turns to talk to, like, a steam pipe or something. That was... I was thinking about that one, too. He's <laughs> like, what do you think? And it just goes... That one... And then the other one... And then the other one goes off. It's like, stay out of it. It was so ridiculous, but I loved it. Okay, I think my favorite one for Inside is when he's... What do you call it? He's, like, the... The brand consultant. Oh my god! And he's talking about uh, companies being progressive. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like, are you? He's like, how are you going to stand up to racism, wheat thins? <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, the point we're trying to make is that J.P. Morgan is against racism in theory. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I think some of my non-song favorite bits are um i think also in comedy he has all the whiteboards behind him and so sometimes there's like Mm -hmm. equations that's like this and this equals comedy and then at one point he has like 
a flow chart or like bubbles, whatever those charts are called in the yeah. background with all of his examples of comedy. So if you pause those and read them, there's some fun tidbits in there. Um, also, this is all, um, when he's doing the video game reaction to the to the inside oh, game. Oh yeah! How can it's, I forget? It's presented yeah. by SSRI <laughs> Interactive. Which is um, a serotonin uptake inhibitor or something like that. It's oh. Raymond, fun fact. Um, so it's an anti-anxiety med, which is also hilarious because he also suffers from panic attacks. What's up? Um, okay, and then also this isn't my favorite, but I have a question because I never understood this part. He's doing the YouTube apology at one point with the knife. What's that about? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Other than making apology. you feel so, so uncomfortable. I, it wasn't an apology though. It was like him thanking, or thanking for watching his audience for watching. Yeah, yeah but I don't know what that like, was about. I think it was just a critique of like, like untalented YouTubers who for some reason have huge audiences and yeah. just like have like an immense amount of power over their viewers just because they like idolize them. Mm. I think that's what he was getting at. I can't believe I forgot, but I I love his send up. Yeah, of modern YouTube and like. Like you said, Carol, like the reaction video where then he just starts like reacting to the to reaction him reacting, video. To yes. him reacting, yes. That's one of my oh, favorites too. Oh, that too, Holy yeah. Holy shit, that like, oh, that was, that was a good so good. Speaking you know of my SSRI, that's my alarm to take it. Please hold okay. it. I think I'm going to have to change my answer actually to the, the, <laughs> the reaction The reaction to the reaction to the reaction. Video, to the reaction. reaction. Yeah. It's so good. Because when I was watching, I rewatched last night all three. And Technically I was like, it has a song in it, but. Well. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But last night when I was watching, I was genuinely thinking of how he must have had to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, he must have had to record a scratch version of the whole thing for the timing. Yeah. And then watch that, like, on a screen in front of him the whole time just to know when to start reacting to the next yep. layer. Yep. So that's, that, yeah, that's crazy. Very impressive. It's wild, but it, it comes across so well. I also love, I don't, I can't remember, I think there is a song involved. Uh, I So just to point out, I watched... It's the what? Unpaid Intern. It's like a mini song. It's like an interlude. Yeah, yeah. I so I watched What and Make Happy like yesterday, but I haven't rewatched Inside for this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the last time I watched Inside was whenever I talked about it. You guys have to watch it. But that whole thing with the sock puppet, mm. I forget if there's a song attached that to that. That is a song. Okay. I just remember dying at whatever <laughs> that was. I don't remember, but I, I just was, the abuse he gave the sock puppet or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that was really funny to me. That so. was how the world works. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was like a like a kid's show, but then it goes like dark. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's really good. Inside's good, man. It's so good. Yeah, it's so definitely good. the best one. Yeah. Do we, do we yeah. all agree here that it was the best one? Right? Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I also think like, I think he does a really good job of like having his finger on the pulse of like stuff that's really funny at the time like i feel like i no, do definitely. feel like i think carol yeah. you said it but if, I, if we had like if i had watched what in 2013 i probably would have had a much stronger reaction mm -hmm. to it yeah and, I, and so. I feel like someone 10 years from now watching inside might be like yeah it was funny but you know they might not have the same level of reaction that we're having to it right now because yeah. it is like so relevant obviously right now and there's like stuff in it that i think will last better over time than stuff in his other specials but yeah, I don't think I'll have like the same like, like the Jeffrey Bezos song. Like, come on, like that is so like that is so twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Like, did it. yeah, like in 10, 15 years, people are gonna be like, what the fuck? Like, who's Jeffrey Bezos? <laughs> yeah, what is yeah. Space, Ho like, Hopefully, we'll be able to say who is Jeffrey Bezos. Exactly. Yeah, hopefully he's not our overlord by then. But uh, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Everyone's gonna know his name because he's gonna be like yeah. the dictator of the what? entire world. Yeah. But also on that point, I think like even. 
watching it back now, like, what he did even in 2013 was impressive and, like, so ahead of his time. The way, like, he even critiqued and, like, yeah, we talked about it, like, we touched on it, like, every special and the reason it works so cohesively is because they touch on the same points of, like, this is all a persona, this is all fake, like, I don't know why you think this is funny, like, and and it kind of gets darker and darker with each one, too, with him being, like, this is hurting me, like, I can't do this anymore, I'm having panic attacks, I fear you, I hate you, and, like, everyone, like, does get darker, and, like, the mental toll becomes more and more apparent, like, at least in the character that he lets us see, um, and so that's kind of, like, this sounds kind of dark, but it's, like, fun, or I guess interesting to watch that progression in, like, the three-year gaps between, you know, what and make happy, and then the longer gap between inside, because... He really took the time off to work on himself. Good job, Robert. Um, yeah. But but yeah. And real so quick on that note, sorry yeah. to interrupt. No, go ahead. Because you mentioned the five year gap. I just now noticed, or I guess last night noticed, in in what at the beginning in the intro part, he's like, the narrator is like, uh, Bo has isolated himself for five years to dedicate himself to the craft. Of really? Yeah. yeah. So that's just like a super coincidental like, huh. flash forward. And then also, what do you guys think of? Um, of make happy ending in that room yeah and then like that he had no idea that would have transition yeah. yeah five years later oh that's interesting. also just coincidentally kind of want to watch the ending of that into inside now oh I yeah didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't watch it like that it's that's really cool, cool. Yeah, yeah that is cool yeah yeah because yeah, at the end of make happy he walks out and then first thing he does is inside in inside is walk back in yeah so. and stays in <laughs> and stays in <laughs> to your point carol i i kind of like that like, a lot of comedians, I, okay, not a lot, pretty much every comedian is, it's a heightened character yeah, of yeah. himself, like, on stage, but I think the ones that, like, stand the test of time are the ones that can evolve that character mm-hmm. over time, so I think of someone that... And, like, I give think, hints of, like, honesty and feelings. Yes. Yeah. And I, but I think of someone that's very much doing a character of themselves, but that has been doing the character of themselves forever as, like, Jerry Seinfeld. Like, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld is, has been yeah. doing the Jerry Seinfeld character. There's no development there. No, like, he's just, <laughs> he literally <laughs> does some of the same bits now in, like, his modern stand-up that he did, like, on Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, and obviously he's funny, but then the counterpoint to that is Larry David obviously involved in Seinfeld and obviously like plays the character of himself as like this like old curmudgeon man or whatever but even in watching something like Curb Your Enthusiasm like is constantly involving what that character means in the modern day so it's not just like the same old shit like it always changes in a way so that way it feels relevant and like I feel like that's what you really have to do to not just be doing the same bits that you've been doing for 20 years you know what I mean you like have to evolve that character of yourself otherwise it just gets stale yeah i agree well i was also gonna say like i think the reason that for Bo the growth seems so apparent is because he started like so early and became popular so early that like he literally is basically going from like child to adult but i guess mm-hmm. like so did seinfeld so like that excuse doesn't work i mean maybe yeah, not as young, young but like still pretty young he doesn't yeah, have an excuse <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did the B movie. Was that growth? Yes, <laughs> that, that was, was a great the movie. Of <laughs> yeah, that's an awesome movie. What do you mean? I mean, I like it as like a meme movie. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, are we adding it to the podcast? No, it's a digital? work of art. We need to discuss this. <laughs> okay, we'll watch it on the podcast. Then. That's fine. That's fine with me. <laughs> Can I ask you guys since we're talking about comedy right now? Yeah. And like, I want to ask you guys like, who are your favorite comedians? Like stand-up comedians? Not like, I mean, whatever. You can do three 
top three, top five, whatever, no particular order, but just like who are your like go-to stand-up comedians just so like everyone gets a sense of like what type of stuff we're into. I kind of already named mine when I listed like who I True. watched, unfortunately. John Mulaney, classic. Mike Birbiglia. But he's, Carol, he's evil now, remember? He's still funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I watched, he did like an interview on Seth Meyers or something no, and he literally hilarious. talked about like him going to rehab and his intervention and him being a piece of shit and it was still funny. He's very um, funny. <laughs> um, so I can still like think what he says is funny and like not think he's a great human being at times, you know? Sure. Yeah, that's Yeah. And then can, Mike Birbiglia yeah. and Ali Wong probably, but also Hannah Gadsby. Because I and like I think especially Mike Birbiglia and Hannah Gadsby and like the reason I I like Bowen side so much is because I like comedy that has a lot of like heart and feeling and emotion behind it like I obviously appreciate things that are just like haha the whole time love to laugh but I do like things that can make me laugh and cry which like Mm. sounds weird but like if a comedy special makes me cry I'll like it more than any other comedy special that is a guarantee so that's why I like those but who who is surprised by that you know me I love to cry it's true (laughs) Hey, I mean, you're getting double the emotions, right? If it's funny yeah. and sad, you're getting double the worth. And also, I find that it's like, yeah. it's almost harder to make a comedy special make you cry, like, because people go into it being like, I need to make people laugh. So to have like, because it's also usually like a story they're telling throughout the hour that like the culmination of it is what brings out the emotion. And I find that to be such like a rare talent that I like really appreciate are we okay so Bo, obviously Bo Burnham is like one of my favorites but like I don't know if that counts because we've been oh, talking yeah. about it him it does <laughs> um, or not that it doesn't count but like because we've been talking about him for like 50 minutes already uh, he's one of my favorites for sure but then like ironically I think my other favorites are like the complete opposite of him yeah okay. me too even though like I like I said in the intro and I've kind of been like saying all along is like I definitely prefer his style of like how planned his stuff is mm-hmm. But yeah, ironically, some of the other ones I like are just the more menial stand-up comedians, like um, Jim Gaffigan I like a lot. Oh, fuck, he's really funny. Bill Burr is really funny. Yeah. Uh, I also like, uh, I've watched some of Sebastian Maniscalco's stuff. Dan, you were just naming my list at this point. I've never <laughs> seen Sebastian. He's really good. He's okay. good. Uh, those are my top ones, just trying to think if I, I guess like, I guess Jerry Seinfeld because like I'm I love Seinfeld. But, yeah. Like I've never really watched a lot of his actual stand-up stuff besides what's in the show. But like he is just Jerry Seinfeld. It's so a it's lot of what's in the show. So I guess all that might as well be one of my answers yeah. too. That's fair enough. And I'll leave it at that. I would say I'm I'm also with you on Sebastian and Maniscalco. Like he has a very like particular style. I haven't watched a lot of him, but I liked what I saw. So like I would recommend for anyone watch his most recent special. I feel like some of his older specials are a little. Like, he's very in his own style, but it's not super, I think, accessible. Like, I think he really mm. leans into the whole Italian-American thing, which, like, is fine for me, because, like, I get <laughs> literally every reference he's saying. Yeah. But to other people, it might be like, okay, whatever. But I think his most recent stuff is, like, it has some of that, but it's also just broad enough that, like, anyone can find something interesting. And I think it's really, like, fine-tuned. And it's on Netflix. I would recommend it. I might even watch it tonight. It's really good. good What's the most recent one? Because that might um, be the one that I, I've seen. He's in, like, a blue bomber jacket. Yes, that's the one that is. Okay, yeah, that one's really good. I, I really funny, love yeah. that special. Um, Add it to the so list. I like, yeah, it's great. I forget what it's called. I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, the one I, on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, he's wearing a blue jacket. Okay. He'll be able to find <laughs> I, like, uh, I like him. I like John Mulaney, as we discussed. I think John Mulaney is just, like, an expert yeah. old school like 
joke teller of just like telling a story and then having a joke like he's really good at it um bill burr you mentioned dan something that i really like about about bill burr is that he'll bring up a topic and like start down the path where you're like what do you why would you do this you know what i mean like he sets you up to think it's going to be problematic but then he takes like a twist on it where you're like oh that's actually really funny it's funny because like he's he's picking fun at an aspect of it that you weren't expecting him to. Yes, like he starts as if he's gonna be like, "Oh, feminism's dumb," but then he like finds a he way finds to like a super little like <laughs> yeah. funny thing to like comment. Exactly, it's, like, not about anti-feminism. Exactly, it's just an act. But yeah, like disclaimer: Bill Burr, his, some of his stuff, especially his older stuff, is a bit like edgier. Yeah, but it's not like I wouldn't call him an edge lord. It, it's an act, and it's like generally his stuff like it, it's more like his attitude is really funny yes. towards things and also he's so annoyed by everything <laughs> yeah and you can also tell that he's not like actually a shitty person no. like he's very much is just like and he's i, I, I mentioned like the conan podcast on here before yeah, we yeah. talked about it but he's been on the podcast a couple times and both times he's brought up how he's like i just like to piss everyone off yeah. like i just like to <laughs> literally annoy everyone and that's like what my fan base is is just annoying people um so yeah i really respect that of him Someone I'm going to recommend, I don't know if you guys have seen, is Anthony Jeselnik. I've heard of him. I've also heard of him and haven't seen him. He does basically just one-liners, but (laughs) his one-liners are always the most dark punchline you could think of. Like, it's so fucked up, but like, like, it's hilarious. Like, his newest special is called Fire in the Maternity Ward. Oh, gosh. And like, it is like, like, he'll start like a joke. And it's just, you're going, you're going, and then the punchline to the one-liner is just horrific. Oh, and, like, geez. that's his whole thing. But he is so good at it. It's And also, like, I highly recommend following him on Twitter, because he is just, the like, he just is fucking incredible. Just, like, how he goes after people and has, like, no oh remorse for anything. He's just so good at being, like, the evil bad guy. But, similarly, if you ever watch him in interviews and stuff, he's just, like, the nicest, most chill guy. And he's like, yeah, everyone's always surprised that I'm, like, really just calm and normal in real life. But he's, like evil in his in his special that's why i love listening to like stand-up comedians give interviews or like now even some have podcasts that fascinates me i always think like i would love to be a stand-up comedian but like obviously i couldn't i'm not that funny um but like i just i'm so fascinated by the people who do it and especially because like it's such a weird job like Mm -hmm. you have to just be up all night and like have people heckle you and like say the same jokes a hundred times like it's such a unique career to pursue and then like to see them outside of just telling the same jokes a hundred times in a row it's like what do you actually have to say let's let's hear you like say a sentence that you haven't rehearsed a hundred times yeah for sure but i also i appreciate too since we're just talking about comedians like there are so many comedians who maybe have had a stand-up presence or whatever but like i know them more as just like being funny whether it be in interviews yeah. or on tv like i think of like for example like martin short and steve martin oh, who like i know them. do like i love i know them yeah so i know much. they do stand up and stuff but to me they're just like a funny duo that like yeah. you just see places in interviews and they're fucking because well, they're best hysterical. friends <laughs> i know it's so funny actually you know who that is for me and it's kind of timely is norm mcdonald all right oh, yeah by the way. Mm. yes i've never seen any of his actual content but just seeing the interviews that he's been in he's just a genuinely or he was just a genuinely funny person yeah unreal he's he's another one like that um he's great and i would put larry david in that category too oh I, yeah sure like one just to find a quick story but maybe we'll talk about curb one day i don't know but like yeah we should larry david famously as a young person 
was like doing stand up, but like the audience hated him. Like no one got oh, his stand see up. <laughs> but like all the comedians thought he was hilarious, and they were all like, "This guy is gonna be huge." But the audience hated him. And apparently, there's like this famous story that there was one show where Larry David like went on stage, grabbed the mic, like looked at the crowd, and was just like, "No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing it." And then he just left. <laughs> Which, yeah, he's just, he's great. You know what my favorite Larry David story is? I might have mentioned this to you, Marco, before. But it's, so, in the first season of Seinfeld, the character George is partly based on Larry David. And between takes, George was having a conversation with Larry. Or, uh, um, what's his name in real life? Jason Alexander was having a conversation with him. And <laughs> yeah. he's like, look, Larry, I've read the script and I'm not really sure, like, this would never happen to anyone. And even if it did, they would never <laughs> react in this way. And Larry just stared at him and said, what are you talking about? This happened to me last week, and this is exactly how I reacted. <laughs> that's my favorite moment of Larry David's ever. And that's just, oh that's not God. him as a character. That's just yeah, him this being. Is him. He's just, he's so unbelievably funny, and is just, like, his demeanor as a person. Yeah. And that's oh, when man. someone's, like, like, when they're just funny by existing, yeah, that's when they're like like prime funny. Like that's yeah. just a funny person. Well, I would actually say to bring it back to our topic, like Bo Burnham is like pretty just naturally funny, like yeah. existing yeah. from what I've seen in interviews. Just by is, the energy he really exactly, and I think that's why the stuff of his that like I think that's why I respond to Inside so much compared to some other stuff is because like it, the the stuff like the further he gets from like traditional stand up comedy is I think where he really like finds his niche of just being able to be funny and not have to necessarily react off an audience. Although, again, he finds ways to do that to make it work for him. But that's where I think he's, like... That's where I think he's going to be remembered for, is, like, yeah. stuff like Inside. Mm -hmm. Stuff that's more just being able to be funny in a weird way and not go the, like, John Mulaney route of, you know, set-up punchline joke-telling or whatever. Um, I thought yeah. you were going to say not go the John Mulaney road of <laughs> divorcing his wife. And also changing his mind about having children. Yeah. <laughs> Getting addicted to cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Is John Mulaney addicted to cocaine? Yeah, he went to rehab twice in the last year. Oh. Yeah. yeah. John He's out now. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. He's That's someone who I've always heard like nothing but good things about his comedy, but I've never, uh, I've never gotten around to checking him out. He's All one of the ones who like, yeah, make me laugh out loud like I can watch them yeah. over and over they're actually really good they're all on Netflix and I've watched all of them multiple times Ditto. and still laugh out loud so yeah. I would recommend yeah judging from what I've like seen from like him in interviews and stuff and also to tie this back to YouTube yes there's a YouTuber named Drew Gooden I don't know if you guys are familiar I've heard of Drew Gooden I'm yes. not he reminds me that's all I want to say is he reminds me a lot of John Mulaney mm. like mm. and even like a lot of his fan base are they basically always comment like you're you're the YouTube equivalent of John Mulaney. So <laughs> interesting. I'll, I maybe I'll check him out then. He's funny. Um, but tying it, going back to Bo Burnham now, I think I just want to ask you guys. Yeah. The general message across all of this trilogy of specials is like performing has taken over this generation, but it's clearly like, and when I say performing, as he puts it, just having like a social media presence that you feel the need to project on anyone and everyone. Yeah. And that's obviously been like a, a very unhealthy thing, just to mm -hmm. put it plainly. What do you what are your guys' thoughts on like that cohesive message? Because it is pretty much like each special talks in some way about that theme. Yeah. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And also what do you think of just how it's like presented across all three specials? Yeah, I I mean I think yeah, agree, obviously. Yeah. It sucks that everything is about performing now. Both like personally 
everyone feels the need to perform but then also even in regards to a lot of like activism now it's like it it, it is a lot of like performing and not in the mm-hmm. sense of like i get it like if you can't actually affect change like I, it's fine go ahead like speak up like i'm not saying don't say your piece or whatever but it's just like you know there's a, like a lot of people that you know are just like terrible people that don't <laughs> give a shit that like try to get a pass just by the performance aspect of it yeah. and it's like what does this do for anyone um but um yeah so that element of it you know sucks and i think is definitely true i i really appreciate though how he like always manages to touch on it in a different way that like relates to situations that are modern in mm-hmm. each one of his specials even though it's like a similar theme he kind of like carries it through and is able to get that theme across in ways that are representative of the time and not necessarily just sounding like i mean not that he's old but this the stereotype <laughs> of like an old man rallying against the internet you know what i mean like yeah. he really has like it does a good job of like showing like hey this is fucked up this is fucked up like do you guys think this is normal or cool this is fucked up and i think what helps is that it's coming from someone it's coming from a performer it's not just an old gray-haired guy who's never had like experience with technology being like technology sucks yeah it's a guy who grew up literally on youtube yeah in front of an audience so i think that's what makes it genuine when he says it and uh, and like causes us to take it more seriously i think Mm -hmm. well yeah that was a point i was gonna make is like Obviously, like, I am, I don't know, I hate technology, I hate social media, obviously I interact with it all day, every day, and I'm addicted to all of it, but I hate that I am, so obviously all of his messages is like, yes, I agree, Um, but just an interesting point to make is that in every special he says, like, nothing I say is honest up here, it's all a performance, it's all an act, don't take it seriously, this doesn't mean you know me, like, that is, like, obviously repeated over and over again, and it's interesting that, like, I don't know we talk about like movies and tv and like celebrities and stuff and I find myself always getting caught up in like being like I really like this person I care about this person obviously knowing that they're celebrities we don't know anything about them at all really and Mm -hmm. like even though we're constantly reminded of that and they always tell us that like I find myself I don't know about you guys like still constantly getting caught up in oh I love them I'm rooting for them even in these specials a second after he says I'm not honest up here for a second he tells a joke and I'm like that's so char or he sings a song I'm like that's so charming that's so funny I love him and it's like it's interesting to go from like that back and forth like that constant reminder being like oh yes that's true like I need that reminder and like I guess yeah same with social media like I said I hate it I know it's all fake I know it's making my life worse I'm still on it every second of the day Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like I guess a mimic in what he's telling us in these specials and what I'm feeling and just yeah that that's also why I love him he just reminds me to you you know step back this is all fake <laughs> yeah it's all bullshit yeah yeah and i think that uh, like 100 percent, that also goes for just any actor in general yeah. it's like you have to remove them from the role that they're playing because mm-hmm. not only is it just a role they didn't even write that role yeah. they were hired to portray that role written yeah. by someone else so if anything technically if there's someone on the crew of the thing you're watching to like <laughs> idolize it would be the writer yeah. yeah because they're the one who's had all the like inspirational ideas yeah but it's it's of course the actors that we connect with the most because they're the person that we see on screen it's just it's natural well you know what's interesting this is not off topic but kind of <laughs> um is i was thinking about the other day so i was thinking about like how people choose to deal with like celebrities that we now know are pieces of shit and i i hesitate to say like canceled celebrities because 
let's not get into a debate yeah. about cancel culture and what that means. I don't give a <laughs> shit. But people that are known to be pieces of shit and now like don't really work anymore. Yeah. And I was thinking about this and I was thinking like it's kind of fascinating how I am now avoiding watching stuff that has Kevin Spacey in it. Mm. Yeah. Because it just kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so for example, like I never watched Baby Driver before he was a piece of shit. Oh, and no. now I probably will never watch Baby Driver. And also like Ansel Elgort apparently might yeah. also be a piece of shit. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's why they haven't really been promoting West Side Story as much. Yeah. So, oh. but, so that, but then the thing that I find really interesting is that like Harvey Weinstein, obviously, yeah. the king of all pieces of shit, mm. the number one piece of shit, but, like, I don't have any problem watching a Weinstein-produced movie. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Because, first of all, he's produced, like, everything yeah. in the yeah, last 20 years. Yeah, you can't years. escape it, really. Well, and also, it's like, okay, so am I never going to watch another Quinn? Or, okay, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. But, like, come on. Pulp Fiction? We all here I love, love Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> Pulp Fiction is a great movie. Even though he shows up oh, and starts saying the oh, N-word in I Pulp know. Fiction, we're all still like, yeah, but, like, he's not in it for most of it. <laughs> You know what I mean? So it's just, it is that weird thing of, yeah, just like whatever you see on the screen being really deterring. But even with Kevin Spacey, so one of my favorite discoveries is a, a movie called Moon, starring Sam Rockwell. Mm. I, mm. You've seen it. Yeah. Carol, I don't know I if you've seen, seen it. it. We should watch it one time. It's okay. really, really good. It's like this indie film made by these like Irish filmmakers that have now gone on to become, uh, it's Duncan Jones. He went on to become like a more prominent director, but this was like his first movie. It was an indie movie starring Sam Rockwell. Super good. When did it come the out? Old, uh, like 2013, I okay. think. The only other person in it is Kevin Spacey, but he just does a voice for like uh -huh. a computer. So like that for me was like, yeah, I can watch this and not care. Cause it's like, mm. it's just a disembodied voice. Like that doesn't, but, but for some reason it's literally like, like call me by your name. Like if I had to watch that now, I'd be like, oh fucking the cannibals here. It's great. <laughs> Army Hammer the cannibal is on screen he's now. In that movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he's the he's the co-lead. Well, even that in general is problematic because he's like twenty five, having sex with like a seventeen year old. Okay. or something. I I don't. When this movie was first coming out, I was like, yeah, that's all great, gay love, we love it. But like, they are like thirty years yeah. apart in age. Like, what are we? What is this? Yeah. Like, what's happening in this movie? But like. Whatever, it's a solid movie, but like, yeah, I don't know, weird. Well, even Just like weird. talking about Bo Burnham in his first two specials, like he says faggot a bunch of times, he I was says the N word. This, yeah, yeah like, we talk about that. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously he addresses it in his own way in inside with the song Problematic, which yeah. like love that one. Yeah, and like the imagery in it, and also just like I mean, I've stated I'm in love with him, sweaty Bo. Yeah, um, sweaty <laughs> I love, you know, a close-up of a belly button, one close-up yeah. of a nipple for some <laughs> reason. Um, yeah, and so, like, once again, talking about cancel culture, like, people who have said similar stuff, obviously, like, the examples we gave with, like, Weinstein and Spacey, like, that's a whole other level of, of course. Yeah. things that we're canceling them <laughs> for. Yes, yes. Um, but... Yeah, so there have been people who were canceled and, like, shit on so much harder for, like, saying the same kind of jokes that Bo made in the first two specials. And, yeah, as he pointed out in Problematic, like, people haven't, like, really come at him for that. But, like, he's saying now, obviously, ten years later, he realizes, like, that's not okay, et cetera, et cetera. Although, fun fact, in my research, he got hired at one point to perform at a college. I don't remember which one, sorry. Um, but people protested him before uh, he came because he like said the n-word and faggot and stuff And so people were like we don't want him to perform because he says this shit So mm -hmm. I people like obviously did realize that that was wrong back then and like gave him shit for it um, 
But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but just like, do like, is that an acceptable enough apology? Like, why for some reason has he not been canceled? And he makes like one song addressing it, and we're cool with it, and other people like we're not so cool with it. Like, I'm in the same boat though. Like, I don't know how to feel about like canceled people in their work. Because, like, obviously I don't want to, like, make it seem like anything that they've, like, said or done in the past is okay. But, like, I don't know. We're all people. Like, we all make yeah. mistakes and learn with the times. Like, I mean, obviously in some cases some things I think are unforgivable for some of the more <laughs> egregious yeah, like offenses. Activity. Yeah. Yeah. Cannibalism. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like, they should be canceled forever. <laughs> you know, stuff um. like cannibalism. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. Like, saying faggot, like, obviously I'm not a gay man. I can't be like, I forgive him. But, like, and, like, I still feel weird, like, when I watched those two specials. When he said it, I, like, cringed visibly. And I was like, ooh, Mm -hmm. that's on Netflix forever. Like, ugh. And I don't know how to feel about it. (laughs) I think it's a similar situation to uh, throwing back to our super bad episode. Mm, Yes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, like, intent is a big thing to consider. And I do feel... He's definitely, like he says in the song, problematic. He's de- he's obviously grown as a person yeah. since then. Yeah. And he was a kid. Yeah. Te- well, not a kid, but like he was, you know, he a was young, young adult. And it was also like, not that it makes it a right thing to do, but it was a, it was a bit like it was a yeah, comedic yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like, going back to the the idea of intent, like it, yeah. it was like for the sake of comedy, which again, people have been canceled for similar things. Yeah. And, and the first thing I think of is, like, the James Gunn thing. Mm. And now that was sort of another, like, he was canceled for a bit, but then we kind of went back on that decision. It was I was thinking dumb. of Kevin Hart. Because it, it was dumb. Yeah. Kevin Hart, yeah. that too. What was his thing? It was a yeah, tweet, was, like, he was supposed yeah. to host the Oscars, and, like, he's yeah, he, the he reason that, that there's yeah. no host of the Oscars anymore. What did he do? It was something about, like, n- not, like, not wanting his son to be gay, but, like, oh, if my son was gay type oh. joke. It was just, like, a joke like that, basically, yeah. and everyone was like, you should not host the Oscars. <laughs> and then he, so he quit. The Oscars yeah. were like, yeah. The Oscars literally told him, like, just make some dumb apology and then you can host. And he was like, no, I'm just going <laughs> to not host then. Fuck that. Yeah. Um, but, like, to you guys' point, I do think, so someone that I think rides this line a lot is Ricky Gervais, mm. who mm. I do think is funny. Like, yeah. I think he's really funny. But in one of his specials, he kind of talks about being a comedian and understanding, like, the target of a joke. So, like, and I think this is what Dan and I were talking about with Bill Burr. Like, Bill Burr can do a joke. I was just going to say Bill Burr. He can do a joke about (laughs) feminism, but the target of the joke isn't feminists. Like, if he does a joke about feminism, a lot of times the target of the joke is shitty males that are, like, idiots and don't get it. And I think with um, Bo Burnham stuff, I think part of the reason why none of us are necessarily, like, rushing to be like, he's a terrible person is because even in context of him using the word faggot in the show in his performances like the target of it is never like maliciously attacking gay people do you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like that's yeah. never it's, the it's intention him because like it's him he like, grew up being called a faggot and, yeah like, exactly yeah. so it's like i think that's why and sure and there is the discussion to be had that like okay well in the modern day like regardless you shouldn't be saying that yeah. which yeah fine and whatever um so i think that though why is why we all kind of understand like yeah bo doesn't deserve to be canceled and then also I think he has also publicly said in interviews and stuff as well, like, yeah, you know, I was young when I started, yeah. and I'm still figuring stuff out. And so he's clearly shown, like, remorse and support for this type of stuff, and is not... Because that's the other thing, too, is when someone gets called out, they're like, well, fuck you! What? Yeah. Why? How come what I did is wrong? And you're like, okay, well, then you don't get it. Like, you're yeah. a bad person, but 
That's he why I'm saying done that. he definitely has grown. And also, yeah. uh, like I mentioned in the in my intro, is like, especially in what he definitely projects himself as like a scapegoat for all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Yeah, which I think helps a lot with you know the the faggot thing. Yeah, the, that bit. Um, but I also wanted to say, I think before Bo Burnham would ever get canceled i think bill burr would probably first get canceled. <laughs> yeah bill burr is not that i think he should get canceled no. but he's real close though i mean before anything. any of the other ones that we've talked about i'm so like, over people would... getting canceled like yeah if you committed it's... a crime go to jail and stop making art but like i don't know why we just need to be like you're canceled like i because it makes people feel better yeah. Like going yeah. back to like performance. Yeah. It's like yeah. I'm doing something good because now this person <laughs> oh, can't it's exactly make, that. Because because yeah. Johnny Depp can't make Fantastic Beast movies anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. Who did that help? <laughs> yeah. It, like <laughs> I think if you can give them a chance to show that they've grown, it's a lot more effective. Yeah. Than just outright canceling them. And I also think it's straight up true and like and this is the other okay, so this is the other problem. And I'm glad we can have this conversation here in like a real way. Because yeah. you can't anywhere else. Because everywhere else, of course, it has to be like either you're pro cancer culture or cancer cancer culture. <laughs> either you're pro cancel culture or you're not we are the entire not world pro cancer for Yeah. That. Well, <laughs> me saying kidding. me saying that, Dan. Cancers has, are okay. <clears throat> yes, like, has reminded me. Well, my girlfriend is a cancer, so technically I can be pro cancer culture <laughs> sure. if you're talking about wow. being born between June and July sure. or whatever it is. It's not um, June and July because that would be Gemini, and that's me. Okay, so July and August? Yeah. Question mark. Okay. Okay. Um, well, my mind immediately went to the medical conditions. <laughs> no, me too. Me <laughs> no, too. me too. But I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to bring it around so we're not evil. Um, but no, when I was saying either you're like for or against everything now, yeah. it reminded me of that scene from Revenge of the Sith when he's like, "If you're not with me, you're my enemy." Oh. And then Obi Wan says, "Only a Sith deals in absolutes," which in and of itself is an absolute. So yeah. like, fucking whatever. You can't win. But, my point being, the reason I'm glad we can talk about this here is that, yeah, I think it's all fine and dandy to be like, hey, someone fucked up, either make amends for it, or if it's criminal, then you should go to jail. Yeah. Like, sure. But then there is the other side of it of, so like the actor who plays Shang-Chi, I don't know, have you guys heard about this? No. No. Like Some people movie. went, yeah, people went back to like when he was a teenager and found like Reddit posts he oh, made. God. Oh, And now that's resurfaced and people are trying to cancel him. And it's like, <sighs> like, how can you judge someone at that age for the person they are now yes and also like that to me is so not good faith because it's like you like searched through decades of like reddit yeah. history to find this just to like find one thing to make this guy seem shitty why were you trying so hard yeah it's like, why were you trying so hard to prove that this person isn't a good person like at the end of the day like yeah everyone's done stupid shit that they regret but like ultimately it's like if you are super problematic and causing problems then yeah, like justice should come in some shape or form. But then even Batman, <laughs> Batman yeah, justice. <laughs> but even like, okay, so even with the Johnny Depp situation, like, like now, not to say that like he's because again, now it's like you either have to like be pro Amber Heard or pro oh, Johnny gosh, Depp. Yeah. Realistically, they're clearly both assholes yeah. and like pieces of shit to each other yeah. and yeah, have an extremely say, dysfunctional relationship. I'm not even sure what the current Johnny Depp thing is. I just don't like him. Like I don't like he's his weird. Attitude. Yeah, I, he's a he's a fucking weird. I've never liked Johnny Depp. Yes, yeah, me either. So. Long story short is basically just like there was like allegations that he abused his wife Amber Heard, but oh. then now there's been like evidence coming out that she is like also abused him and then really abusive things. So basically, they just have an extremely dysfunctional, awful relationship yeah. that's now super public knowledge, and 
there's this, like this whole battle of like whose side are you on? And it's like I'm not, not I'm not civil fucking anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this isn't civil war, guys. Like these are just two shitty people that are in a shitty relationship, yeah. and like, we have to see it because they're celebrities and yes. their whole life is public. Yeah, and and you know the idea of people even commenting on it of being like, well, I think this is like, why do you think that? Like you don't know them, you don't know anything about this. Why do you care that he's not Grindelwald in Fantastic <laughs> Beasts? Does anyone care? I love Harry Potter. Why do you care about those movies? Yeah, I don't even care about those movies, and I love Harry Potter, so don't tell me you give a shit about Fantastic Beast 3 and the secrets of Dumbledore, or whatever Actually, the fuck it's called. J.K. Rowling is cancelled, so... Oh, she, yeah, she's cancelled. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's another one, though, where I'm sort of like... It's so... Fa- yeah, I can't love Harry Potter, but like, it's so fascinating to me that she's cancelled, because there is like a lot of like trying to be progressive stuff in harry potter like there's also problematic stuff like cho chang which is like maybe the dumbest name for an asian character (laughs) of all time but like there are elements of harry potter that are trying to be a little bit progressive and i don't know i don't i literally don't even know what she said to get her canceled uh, she doesn't believe like you can be transgender like she doesn't think trans people are real all right well you know what fair enough that's a shitty thing to say (laughs) and that was just like like that was in her wave of just pointlessly adding stuff to the books and movies yeah like yeah after the fact which is so unnecessary yeah but uh, like now not only was it unnecessary it's just like she went too far yeah, yeah. destructive yeah it's so stupid the whole thing was so stupid yeah. it is well okay fine so fair enough she said some shitty stuff but so then here's oh here's a point i wanted to make earlier that i think is important when it comes to like movies and tv or whatever is so like harry potter yeah so jk rowling is canceled she said some stupid shit, great. So no one wants to support her anymore. I get that. She's not, like, up with the times. But it's also, like... Okay, so she had the idea for these books. She wrote these books. Fine. There are, like, thousands of people that worked on those movies. Like, cast yeah, and crew. Yeah. Like, all these people who have come out to be like, hey, that was shitty that she said that and she shouldn't have said that. Who, by all accounts, like, as of right now, Daniel Radcliffe, not cancelled. Rupert Grant, Emma... Watson. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All those <laughs> people. Stone, I was gonna say Emma right? Stone, yeah. and I was like, no, it's Watson. Um, the directors, everyone, like, you know, it's like, so should we not support like these like hours and hours of like thousands of hours that thousands of people put into this art because this one person at the center of it actually maybe is kind of stupid? Like, I think we've even talked about this before on an episode. It's oh, like, really? A movie is so much more than just one person. Yeah. yeah. And she didn't even. I mean, she wrote the book. She didn't work on the movie. No. She wasn't the screenwriter at that time. So, yeah, you, you can't just dismiss the work of all those thousands of other people that worked on this thing. Yeah, just absolutely not. one person made a mistake. Yeah. But even at the same time, like, I feel like I'm even at a point with this cancel culture thing that I'm afraid to, like... I mean, I don't really have a platform to publicly say anything, but, like, in theory, like, I'm you afraid... You said that on a podcast. We are on a podcast. We've been doing it for a year. And but, you like, said, I don't have a platform. Who listens to it, guys? <laughs> I don't know, like, 16 people every week somewhere. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, thank you people. so much. We really appreciate it. So, to my platform, um, I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm always, like, afraid to, like, even say it about anyone. Like, I like this artist. Because, like, yeah. they could be canceled at any time. Even if they aren't now, like, in a month, they could come out and, like, someone could find a tweet. Or someone could find out they killed someone. Like, we don't know. Like, yeah. we can't keep, like, living in this fear. And at the same time, like, yeah, what if, like, your favorite movie of all time was, like, produced by the Weinstein Company or, like, had Kevin Spacey in it? Like, all of your experience and your memories of like watching that film like yeah he's a shitty person he did an awful thing but like you can't just erase that like i think we should still be able to say like what these people did or said in the past is wrong 
some of them like have shown remorse for the not like total crimes ones and like i think we should be able to move past that and still enjoy like what they make or have made because or else like honestly probably 90 percent of the people in hollywood are pieces of shit like we can't sure. not That's have art like <laughs> yes like and it sucks do you like, not want any example, movies <laughs> exactly and like as an example it sucks every time i watch lord of the rings seeing harvey weinstein's name yeah. at the front yeah. it does but like i'm not gonna stop watching all the rings yeah there's too much else yeah i mean and to your point like i've thought i have thought a lot about like what would happen if tomorrow i wake up and like aaron sorkin got canceled yeah like how would i react (laughs) like what would i do and like i think the honest answer is like i don't know i mean i probably still like his movies are still some of my favorite movies and most influential movies what am i gonna do like if he if that happened like yeah if it turns out he's a piece of shit he's a piece of shit but like every literally everyone is a piece of shit in some context or another some people bigger pieces of shit than others totally get that maybe they shouldn't have a platform to spread their piece of shitness to the world but like (laughs) you know like at the end of the day it's like yeah it's tough and i also think it's tough like you can't it's tough to dictate to other people like what they should or shouldn't do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's tough to say like oh if like some people may say like if someone has done something publicly fucked up like i don't fuck with any of their work anymore yeah that's fine like that's your personal choice but to like put that on everyone yeah <laughs> to be like no one can fuck with this person's work anymore is kind of like okay well i don't know if that's realistic because again to your point carol like people have like emotional attachments yeah. whatever whatever it's not it's more than just x person was involved so now this thing is dead to yeah. everyone it's like yeah, and i think it's, it's good that really we're sick. having this discussion on the podcast because like we have in the past like talked about movies and shows with like quote unquote canceled people in involved in some capacity and we probably will going forward and sure. just like you know general disclaimer we don't condone any shitty actions we can recognize the shitty people but i don't want to have to like have this conversation every time we like talk about a movie with like maybe a shitty person in it or like no, a shitty yeah, writer yeah. or a shitty director yeah so for sure glad we talked about it though <laughs> back to both yeah. <laughs> yeah well and that kind of segues into one of the topics that i made a point of like wanting to bring up on this episode that also is related to the Bo Burnham discussion a little bit because so I want to as I said before in the intro obviously this whole discussion is taking place on a podcast yes Mm. and it's a discussion partially about the dangers of like always chasing an audience Mm -hmm. So, not that there's really a right answer to this. <laughs> At least 16 what? people who listen to us are chasing yeah, you. Yeah, I was just you know, <laughs> audience in our context. But I know what you mean. Theoretically, yeah. yeah. So, and yeah, there's not really a right wrong answer to this. I just want to get this discussion kind of going. I want to see what you guys think. Do you think the fact that we are doing... Like, we're not making money off this podcast by any means. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> We've lost money, I think. Probably, yeah. Great, How much was this? I had to buy a mic, it 11, yeah. It was 11 bucks. So we're $11 in the hole. Yeah. Um, hey, I think my anyway. mic was like 70 Oh, wow. Or like 80 Oh, yeah, you bought that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, some people do podcasts and get money. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think it's better or worse that we're doing this for free? Like, do you think we're doing this because we wanted to attract an audience or like do you think it would be better if we were getting monetary value out of it mm. and again i'm just I'm, I'm doing this for fun i want to see what you guys think about this i mean i'd like if we got monetary <laughs> value out of it that would be cool I, okay no, let, I, me, let me clarify not would it be better for our wallet no 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 yeah yes. i totally totally get what you're saying um no i don't think so. i mean like uh, i guess it comes yeah like why are we doing it so for me 
the whole reason to do this is just because I'm a lazy piece of shit that would just like rewatch stuff I've already seen before. But like, I mean, I know we're kind of doing that, but yeah. also like just aimlessly rewatch stuff. And also, <laughs> it's tough sometimes. Like, I would have conversations with you guys, obviously sporadically. We would just like randomly text about movies out of context. So it's nice to have more of almost like a book club to like. <laughs> We, oh my we, God, we, we force ourselves. We're a movie book club. We like force we're ourselves. A movie club. Yeah, we're a movie club. No. Yeah, no, we're a movie book club. Um, I like having this more as just a reason to like try to develop my own skills of like talking about movies and TV and like understand stuff more. And it's nice to like not just watch something and process it on my own, but also like get other people's opinions on it and just to talk to you guys. Obviously, that's fun. I mean, like I, I we've said it before, but I would we could do this anyway and just not record it and not edit and just save us ourselves a lot of time but it just (laughs) since we're doing it might as well but okay so here's another question then now that i'm thinking about this like subliminally is it all just for like attention because (laughs) when we were doing the hot ones challenge dan we immediately said we we should should record this why did we say that we recorded all of it and what are you gonna do with it (laughs) we're in process of editing it and gonna post it on youtube and you gotta think what what triggered us to immediately well we know what triggered us to immediately think let's pull our phones out and record ourselves doing this it's because we think it might have an audience somewhere yeah it's weird it's just kind of how we automatically think of things now like we could have easily just sat around a table without recording at all and just like hung out as friends and did it yeah but we were like it didn't hurt to have the camera running no so let's see where this goes right Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of and I'm glad we did. For the <laughs> yeah, me too. It was, I want to really see it. I'm it. glad you did it. <laughs> you will. Yeah, you you'll will. see it eventually when it comes out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about. It's weird, right? Because I do struggle sometimes with it's like even with record. Okay, so even with recording these and posting them, it's almost like like a part of it is the fun aspect of ten years from now, I could like pull up old shit that we've recorded and listen to it and be like, huh, I wonder what we said about this thing. I wonder how my views have changed. So like there is that, and I think even with recording the hot ones there was an element of it that was like, this will be fun for me. It'll be fun to have this to look back on, like, as a memory. But, yeah, I think we are also a little bit brainwashed to be like, but content, though. Maybe it could be content. So. Yeah, it is really interesting that you brought this up. Wow, I didn't think we'd get here at this discussion. Um, I really, I wanted this episode to be more than just about the yeah. thing Like, yeah. we could easily laugh at the jokes. And yeah. I still, at the end, want to talk about yes. our favorite comedy Yeah, bit, I still or, have uh, jokes I want to definitely we'll highlight. We'll get back to that. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. but, yeah. but no, yeah, to, to your point, like, definitely when we started this, I mean, obviously it was just mid-pandemic and, like, what the fuck else are we going to do? Um, true, <laughs> but, true. like... Yeah, I know we wanted to do it because, I mean, I specifically was talking to Marco about how, like, I wanted just, like, a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously we all love watching movies and that's something we've always had in common. And so, like, going into it, my mindset was just, like, I'm excited to, you know, learn the skills of, like, audio editing. So, like, that's why the recording was a cool part of it. Um, And then just, like, even personally, like, it's nice to have a reason to, like, catch up with you guys every few weeks because like I live far away and don't really talk to people regularly from Windsor to be honest um (laughs) and then also like a reason to like know what movie I'm gonna watch for the week because there's so many options sometimes it's Mm -hmm. overwhelming and so yeah there's all of that like obviously not platformy posting content stuff but then at the same time like why do I want audio editing experience like, why did I want to start a podcast? Why do I maybe want to work in the movie industry? And it's like, 
because I want to create content. Like it can't just be like art for art's sake, obviously, because we're like we could edit the audio even and not post it. So at the same time, it is like like, yeah, it's nice to have it for ourselves to listen to in the future. But like because we are posting it, we like to think that, yeah, maybe someone's listening to it and enjoying it. But at the same time, like I definitely like even on a personal level, like I obviously listen to podcasts for like 35 hours a week, every week Mm -hmm. at work. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so I would love if like every single one of my friends had a podcast, like I would listen to them because even like the podcasts I do listen to, I consider all the hosts my friends at this point. But once again, it's the place where I don't actually know them and I need to not do that. But you know what I mean? Like I just, I am intrigued and like I love listening to my friends talk. And so I would love if they had a podcast. I'm like, if I have one, maybe my friends can listen to it. And I like to practice speaking because I always get so self-conscious when I have to say anything. And so knowing that everything I'm saying is recorded, I'm like, how do I string together a sentence that makes any sense? (laughs) Um, So that's been good practice. Have I improved at all in the last year? I don't know. But at least I'm constantly practicing. I think we've all. (laughs) I'd like to go back. I haven't listened to Lord of the Rings since we released it. I'd love to listen to it and then listen to like one of our more recent ones. That'd be so interesting. what What it sounds like. Yeah. Um, funny that you mentioned though, like practicing speaking, Carol, because I I had, as you guys know, listeners don't know, but I had an interview today, <laughs> um, and like at the end of the interview, I realized I just went into like full just podcast mode of talking, <laughs> and but it was like the interview was like wow that was like really great, like I'm really happy with how that went, and I was like okay thanks me too, and then after I was like was I just doing my <laughs> podcast thing of like not shutting up and just like <laughs> I think I definitely agree with what both of you said and I think my answer is kind of a mix of both like I like to do this podcast for a couple of reasons the first one is regardless of the fact that it's recorded it gives a nice sort of structure of like every couple weeks we set a date to do this Mm -hmm. and it's nice it's a nice recreational activity Mm -hmm. that we have scheduled you know another reason is I think I do it for the sake of me listening back because I do frequently listen back to a lot of I do too yeah for fun like well you guys are our 16 listeners (laughs) no no it's just Dan and I each listening eight times (laughs) listening from the UK (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and I mean that might sound self-centered too that I just want to go back and listen to I mean it's you guys too but also like my own voice I mean that's you have a great voice everyone says it Dan you do. You have a great podcast voice. Thank you, but I was just going to say, like, I think it's part of all of us to hate listening to our own voice on recording. So it's yeah. definitely not that reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. can put that aside. I just genuinely like judging the quality of the conversation that we had going mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's another reason. Is I think it's for me that I like to do this, and also like the biggest reason is just the discussion with you guys that we like to have. And like you said, Carol, you live in a different city. This is a great opportunity to do this yes. and like have it be a specific like reason to be doing this yeah. like every two weeks like I said structured scheduled but then I also got thinking like when you were giving your answer Carol you mentioned something along the lines of like feeling the need for an audience for everything we do and that for some reason got me thinking about how humanity has constantly <laughs> oh, been no. like trying to we've been sending messages out into space hoping that aliens <laughs> hear yeah. And this is getting, like, really, like, broad. Are you hoping right that aliens yeah. will listen to our podcast? <laughs> okay, this isn't podcast-related. <laughs> it got me thinking, like, even before, like, well before the age of social media, yeah. 
we've always just wanted to be heard as yeah. human beings. Yeah. Well, by like deep. an audience. Yeah. So I think although social media has certainly amplified it, it's just part of like who we are as as beings, I think. Yeah. We just crave company and attention and it's just it's hardwired into us. So. Well, and I don't even necessarily think like, I don't think the need for attention and to be heard, like, to what you're saying, I don't think, like, it comes from social media as much as, like, the reason social media has become so prolific is because that's a thing that everyone has, yeah. and social media, like, fed into that. Yeah. And so now it's, like, everyone can have that now very easily. Um, yeah, it's weird. I will say, though, Carol, you, like, you talked about the, like, creativity aspect mm-hmm. of why we do what we do, which is definitely a big thing for me as well, because I also found that with life without like having you guys and doing this and like being accountable for it or whatever i would very easily just like not do anything creative for like six months yeah i would just get busy and then i would just like work like sciencey engineering jobs oh my god yeah and then i would just work and then be exhausted and then just like float through my day and not and so like having this as like something to do feels nice it's because it definitely is also nice to like and not in, like, the capitalist way of, like, you have to work your entire life to make money. But, to, like, to do something for yourself that, like, feels fulfilling in and of itself, mm-hmm. like, that it's, it's its own reward to do it, um, is a nice thing to have. Yeah. And, I, yeah, it's part of the fun, I think, of listening back on it, too, is also people always talk about, like, make the content you wish you had or whatever. Like, a lot of times people say stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, like, there's so many great podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. But part of the reason, reason I love listening to this podcast is because it is the type of content that, like, I love to listen to. Yeah which is just like really rambly and silly and dumb and like <coughs> I almost choked and died there uh sorry about that I just choked in my spit but like um it's not like none that's of it content, baby. that's content baby it, it could not have come at a better time by the way in that in that diatribe no but also just the fact that like like we can talk about things seriously and have serious discussions but <clears throat> not take ourselves seriously are you good yeah if that makes sense it's you not like we're putting ourselves water if you want <coughs> We're not, no, I'm good. I think I got it out. <laughs> we're not, like, taking ourselves seriously as, like, we're here to tell you the truth. Oh, it's like, God, we're going to no. talk about these serious <laughs> things, but obviously with an air of, like, none of us of really course. know anything, and we're just here to, like, enjoy yeah. and enjoy the conversation. Have it be a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I think on that note, <laughs> let's uh, let's end this off now with, with talking about, I think, each of our, if you can pick, like, a, a musical bit from each special that is your favorite from that special. Okay. I have mine written out so I can I can go. Okay, well if you, you can want. <laughs> Cuz I sure. anticipated this question, not the one of non-musical bits, but musical bits I was ready for. Mm-hmm. Nice. This um, one I think is going to be a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, so from what um, my favorite was We Think We Know You, which was like towards the end. Um, just mm-hmm. because like as I mentioned, I kind of like the more like emotional real aspects of comedy and so like that because like as I mentioned what seemed like too like penis jokey for me that like when he got to that part of it I was like oh shit okay he's saying something true now even though obviously I don't like to hear it (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then in Make Happy my favorite song as we mentioned before is Pandarin the the country (laughs) music um, parody Uh, also he just has a really great like country lilts <laughs> like it just sounded great even like i enjoyed the song um well even on before you get to your yeah. last one on parks and rec i don't know if you guys yes have watched yes, that. yes 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 <laughs> i was just gonna say he he had it like a cameo in one of the episodes where he played 
the character that he was making oh fun no of, shit really where he was a country singer yeah. chip mccap or something that's funny and he's just like the typical fake country guy and like <laughs> yeah. so with the like super heavy country accent so anyway you can get back to back to it okay. in inside i wasn't able to pick so i have three favorites for three different reasons okay so okay. The song that I think I like to listen to the most, that like is the catchiest for me, is 30, um, when he turns 30. Also, fun fact, he turned 30 at exactly the middle of the special. Mm. So that was fun, um, but also like very sad. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my favorite song. Um, and then my favorite song where, like it feels the most real and makes me the most sad is that funny feeling obviously recently phoebe bridgers did a cover of it very good mm-hmm. um and then my favorite i think visual like song was also mentioned problematic um i really liked what he did there even with like the jesus imagery of him on the cross for it yeah. um yeah just all of that was perfection for me i mean the whole thing is perfection for me let's be honest um but yeah those are my favorites do you have your answers? So I'm gonna be honest. I really can't think of a song from Happy off the top of my head right now. Okay. I think I'm just blanking, and probably because that was my least favorite of them anyway. Do you mean but, what? Um, you mean what? You said Happy. <laughs> oh my god! Did I say Happy? First yeah. it was Make. Then it's Jesus happy. Christ, guys. Yes, from. Do you want me to go first then? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my favorite one from What is the Left Brain Right Brain skit. That's a good one. I just too. think that one's so oh, genius. Yeah. Um. And, and like particularly because of the performance of it how the lighting changes with each side and it's just really well written um for make happy it's definitely the the kanye west style rant at the end <laughs> about the pringles it's like about the pringles and among other more. things yeah, yeah. among other things yeah. um and it's kind of it ends the show the stage portion and then like not including that little recorded bit at yeah. the end mm-hmm. but yeah i think that track is my favorite from that one and then i'm gonna go your route carol for inside and name three for different reasons that's a really good idea so my favorite in terms of just listening to it like as a song is comedy Mm. the the second intro song i guess i'll call it um my favorite in terms of performance like visually is 30 because it's all one take and it's like a really good performance with all the lighting and the pedals and stuff and then my favorite in terms of substance and like emotion is uh, all eyes on me, mm. I think it's called. Which is it made me cry end. when I watched it high this time. Mm. That one's Have it's that really in good. Your notes. And uh, and yeah, I think that one's like one of his best, one of his most hard hitting tracks across all, mm. all three specials. I think so. Those are my answers. Okay, I'm gonna go with the left brain, right brain one too. Because as soon nice. as you said it, I was like, oh yeah, that was that one. Like I really dig. I think that one's really fun and funny. Um, okay, from the second one, okay, the Kanye West rant is, like, a very close second for me, because it's just so fucking funny, and also, like, when he stops talking about Pringles, and then he starts talking about how he wishes he has a kid, so that way she could grab the (laughs) Pringles, and then he's like, yup, like, I brought it back, we're still talking about Pringles, like, that was so unexpected, it made me laugh really hard, but I think it is pandering Mm. for me, because I, I mean, it's just, like, one of the best, like, parodies of, like, not just like a parody in and of itself, but then also just like the comedy of like what he's saying. It's just so funny. And it's so perfect. Like I've never seen like that's like weird owl levels of just like parody, but it's not even parodying a specific song. Yeah. It's just parodying like every song in that genre. It's awesome. Well he does that um, again with pop music. 
in yes. another song. And apparently Justin yeah. Bieber and Selena Gomez were at that show, and he found out later and felt bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's sad. Um, Sorry to cut you from, off, just no, sprinkling good, in fun good. facts. So from inside, you guys have already talked about all the the real deep and uh, good songs. So I'm just, I'm going to be honest, and it's not the best, but just because it's so silly and stupid, it's the Jeffrey Bezos song. Because like, <laughs> it's also catchy. One? Uh, I Bezos. Um, it, it just like, it kills me. I don't know why. I don't know why. But it's just, it's just conceptually, just what it is, is so funny to me. Just like a song about Jeffrey, like, why would you, like, I get it, obviously, in context of everything, but it's just, like, if you pitch that to me, if you're like, yeah, there's gonna be like this comedy special, and there's gonna be (laughs) multiple songs about Jeffrey Bezos, I would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? But like, just an execution, and they're also really catchy. And every time, like, when I would scroll through TikTok and they would come up, I would just watch the TikTok because I was like, I like hearing this audio. It's funny. I also love how in the second one, near the end, he's un- he's inexplicably, inexplicably wearing that, that like, moss camo sniper camouflage yes. thing yes. for absolutely no reason. Yes. Like, I don't know. He Probably just ordered it off Amazon. <laughs> on Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. fun. Uh, fun fact, Bezos, I think two, I don't remember which one, is the only song from inside that my friends let me add to our summer, like, shared Spotify playlist. Nice, <laughs> nice. That one, though, of all, I like, know, that, I don't know they why. won't let you add any Probably because it was, like, a minute long. <laughs> so they were like, fine, no. we'll indulge you with the shortest song on the record. Yeah, I mean, I was, like, on job sites this summer just, like, singing those songs, the Jeffrey Bezos songs in my head. Like, I could not get them out of my head. I was like, what the fuck is this crack? That is these songs. Okay, um, because I have a lot of notes for Inside, and I mean, obviously, I love Inside, and I could gush about it for hours and hours and hours. I just have a few key points that I want to bring up. During comedy, he's typing on a calculator, and he just writes 42069 over and over again. (laughs) Hilarious. So funny. Love that. FaceTime with my mom, also a bop, very relatable. And, Mm -hmm. like, even just, like, the simplicity of in in the frame like when he's doing like even the iphone song or the instagram song to change the ratio you know i love that you couldn't do that in a stand up on a stage exactly yeah and also speaking of the aspect ratio another honorable mention is white woman's instagram yeah Yeah, that's that one slaps it's so good that's actually maybe my least favorite song but i think that is because like seriously yeah i don't but like because they're all so good Oh, yeah. they just, like, like it's, it's just it's hard. Lowest. They're all one like ten out of tens. Yeah. One has to be a nine point five. You yeah, know? I get it. Yeah. Um, and another honorable mention during sexting. Um, one of the <sighs> lyrics is a a a t and t, and just that alone <laughs> is so fucking funny. Yeah, and also in sexting, have you guys paused to see that yeah. giant brick of text <laughs> yes. and actually read through it? That's good. And also, Another thing you can't do in a live performance. And also exactly. just um, when he says he, whenever he takes a picture of his dick, what does he say it looks like? It's something really The baby bizarre. from a racer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the baby from a racer. Um, yeah, okay. And then, okay, this is like a sad thing, but um, after 30, when he says like, I'll kill myself in another 10 years, um, and then he's like watching it back like end of pandemic with like long hair long beard and like watching it reflected on his white shirt and just like staring off into the distance oof that hurt so hard and also for some reason now that is the picture on his spotify like as his like i don't know header i don't know what they're called on spotify um but i think that yeah i think that's a weird choice but um yeah 
that was I feel like a really <laughs> ouch part of the special and also something couldn't do on stage I really think he's just a great like well, writer director because like we've mentioned eighth grade and like that was great um, so I'm yeah. excited to see what he does in the future yeah like that's another thing you can't do on stage but also speaking of stage going back to uh, make happy mm-hmm. I think that was also a jab at his joke in that one where he's like yeah, the kill don't yourself kill song, yourself yeah. after the song kill oh, yourself yeah, 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 yeah. so not only does it like it's like problematic where he's trying to like prove that he's grown but also show a huge passage passage of time in the pandemic and I love that cut to like his his older not older self but like his future self with the longer beard to show that it has been that long since he started making this special yeah which clearly was not his intent so yeah um and then just honorable mention to uh welcome to the internet that song is like <laughs> my high notes mm. say this song is like a three-act play so gotta appreciate that one <laughs> also That's i just love the glasses yeah. he's wearing in it so stylish um <laughs> mm-hmm. And another honorable mention to um, the there's the one song I don't remember what it's called. It's really short, and he just like is like, yeah, my health is my mental health is quickly uh, pre- uh, approaching an all time low. And then they say, tell me about it, and he just goes into that short little like ten second ditty. That is also hilarious. Yeah. Um, and those are all of the things ATL. I wanted to emphasize. Yeah, it's called ATL for all time low. Yeah, not Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So those are the things I wanted to to highlight. And that's that's it. funny because there's there's a song, well depending on actually this will come out after, but there's a song called All Time High that's a James Bond theme song. <laughs> so it's funny <laughs> that that one is All Time Low, hmm. and you can hear all about that in <laughs> last week's episode, last week's bonus episode. I guess. On I think so. The James Bond franchise with Angela. Oh wait, no, actually I have one more fun fact. Sorry guys, sure. but you guys no, will appreciate okay. this because it is a throwback to one of our old episodes. And Ooh. your favorite song from one of the specials. In left brain, right brain, when the computer is saying, like, like welcome, like, patient, his patient number is 24602. Oh. One past 24601. Jean Valjean. Nice. Interesting. Yeah, that's it. I never noticed that before. Well, the internet told me it, and I believe them. So now I'll notice if I ever watch it again. Why is Les Mis one of our highest viewed episodes everyone it's so loves random. Is. that's why yeah but i just it's like we've talked about such like huge blockbuster <laughs> movies and like late Miz is one of our top as it's the so theater random kids come out hey, in droves marco just guess, you wait till cats yeah. drops <laughs> oh my god i know we're gonna have like 10 million views on cats i guess it did drop did it drop i don't remember yeah by the time but they hear this yeah, okay. this yeah. <laughs> all right I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the plug. <laughs> <and discussing. laughs> we should end this. I like okay. how all our episodes don't have endings anymore. We just kind of ramble for the next. No, we, we put so much effort into the beginning, but yeah. we just have no clue what we're doing for the ending. Yeah. We still haven't figured that our out. Our battery's drained. Yeah, but anyway, thank you for tuning in. As always, uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Me too. This I was like, fun. It was good. I really appreciate that we were able to sort of extend it outward from just the thing that we're looking at during the episode. Yeah, yeah. got into some philosophy, really got into, <laughs> got into yeah. cancel yeah. culture. And cancer culture. <laughs> cancer culture. You should get that checked out, by the way. <laughs> yep, yep. Marco almost died. <laughs> I almost died. It was a real, uh, yeah, it was a real good episode. Lots happened. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Bye.